Hi, this is Sasha, and this is a special bonus episode where we interview one of our former guests, Sean Kearney, about his job. Sean works in the video game industry. He has worked as a game designer and writer on a variety of shows for companies such as Disney, EA, and Nexon, all the big ones. His credits include Where's My Water, Corny Crush, starring Shane Dawson and dozens of games based on Disney Channel shows that I haven't seen and maybe you haven't seen, but the Generation Z peeps have. So we thought it'd be cool to talk to Sean about his job and also about his passion project, Zero Sum, which is a cinematic puzzle game for iOS that combines fiendish puzzle gameplay with an over-the-top B-movie storyline complete with live-action cutscenes. So here we go, Sean Kearney, enjoy. So I minored in video game design in college. Um, I had gone to school, uh, I went to USC, um, but my parents were pretty poor, so I'm 90% sure they didn't buy my way in. I mean, we weren't poor, like I feel bad for people who are really poor for me to say, we were like middle class. My dad worked freelance my entire life and my mom uh oh my mom has a had a secretive job that i can't say wow my mom's cooler than i am the wow. job that we've talked about yeah before? you guys know That's it, but i don't secret? think i'm allowed to say what it is um she was in the cia fuck oh. um was it before college when you discovered your love for video games was it in college was it a spontaneous decision to minor in video games yeah well, sure you said you minored what did you major in i majored in writing in creative writing so, uh, so I went to college, um, and I wanted to do writing, um, and I realized pretty good. I never thought I'd do games. I liked games and I still enjoy playing games, but I'm not really good at math. Um, I didn't know how to program. So I was like, oh, that's not for me. Like that's done by people who are good at math. And when I got to college, two things happened. One in all of my writing classes. And then some of, I was taking like some like peripheral film classes Everybody was saying, hey, there's no jobs. Um, you in know, film and writing? In film and writing. Like, you're never going to work. Uh, That's you the know. first time I hear that there are no jobs in what film What year and was this? this was, was this 1952? It was. It was 2000 and... When did I start hearing this? 2004? 2005? So right, right around then. But it was a common thing of like... And it wasn't that there were no jobs, but people were saying things like... There were no jobs... For you. For me specifically. No, people were saying things like it's a really tough industry to get into. It's, you know, this the stuff that you guys I think hear. that's still the vibe. Yeah. yeah that was the sure. thing. However, the idea is if you really want it, then you get that means you gotta work hard for sure. it. Sure. And there's no direct road. You don't know how it's gonna no. happen for you. You know, if, you hear if, a lot of people tell their stories and they're very frustrating because it's they feel about. like they weren't as hard as they should have been. But then what was crazy is on the flip side of that, uh, they had just introduced at USC a video games program and people were showing up to that going, there's a ton of jobs and nobody do them. You should do this thing. And they were looking for people who were writers and had filmic sensibilities and liked games. And I was like, hey, I like that stuff. Um, so I took a class and it was awesome. And I didn't necessarily need to know how to program it was a lot of paper designs and we got a ton of great speakers because nobody i mean i think even now game designers and people in games 
you could work on a game that sold a bazillion copies and you can go to a Starbucks and nobody knows who the hell you are. So we get like these that great aspect? speakers. Oh, okay, I see what you're No, we'd get great speakers because of that. Because um, yeah. nobody ever asked them what they did. And so I started getting more and more into it, took more and more classes. And basically at the end of what I guess would have been my junior year, they kind of were like, hey, you know, you've taken a bunch of these classes and either they will count for nothing or if you spend an extra year in college, like you could turn this into a minor. Is that how it works? You have to spend an extra year in college to have a, a minor? No. That's how it worked for sure. <laughs> so that's because I I'm wasn't, I didn't things. have it planned at all. And so I was just taking these classes and like, because I enjoyed them and I really wasn't thinking about like an end game to it. And they said, hey, you can spend an extra year in college. You can get a minor in this. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And this was before I started paying my student loans. So I didn't realize what an extra year in college meant. And so I did that. And I ended up um, at the end of college, I actually took a class that counted for nothing. My advisor was like, this is zero credits. Like you've already taken a class to fulfill this credit. But I had met a guy. I worked in an editing lab. And I had met um, in a film editing lab. And I had met a guy who ran a class at the engineering school in video games. So at USC, it used to be there was the cinema school did a video game program. The engineering school did one. And um, never the twain met. And I took a class in the engineering one because I met a TA who was like, hey, you should come over and take this class. We build a game over the course of the semester and present it at the end of the semester. What was the game that you built? I want to just cut to the chase. So I didn't design. Enough dilly dallying. <laughs> I didn't design the game. Um, but it was called Bushido Beat, and it was you used a Wii remote, um, which was like motion controlled. Bushido Beat, you're a painter who's wearing headphones and hears music and needs to paint using your this Wii remote, like gesturing to paint to the beat. Um, and that's all I know about the game because we never. <sighs> finished it because the Doesn't, game did not work by the time of our presentation. And so we spent a semester working on it and then I left and I think they spent the next semester working on it without me and it might have gotten finished but I never kept in touch with anybody on the team. Have you ever Googled Bushido beat video game and to see if they made billions and of dollars? nothing happened. Okay. But I did Google it once. I was like, I wonder if that happened. And I've been back to USC since and I saw a poster once. And I was like, hey, that I worked on that thing. And I asked the like professor, like, oh, did, did anything happen with that? And he went, I, I didn't work here then. I think it would just be so <laughs> funny if they did make a lot of money. and uh, They left just, me out? Yep. No, I don't think so. Okay, right. I have a question. Yes. What was, so we're talking about video games today. Yeah. What was the game that first grabbed you? And that, you know, the first game that you played or that you read about or that you saw someone else play that really made you think, this is cool. I think, I mean, I played games. I remember my my parents had a Nintendo that I played. That's what I like started on. You're talking about on. the Nintendo Entertainment the System? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I played a lot of that. Um, but I think the first game that really like hooked me was on the PlayStation was Metal Gear Solid mm. was the first time like I saw a game and was like, oh, this is cool. You get to like sneak around and shit. And I had never seen a video game like that before. When I was a kid, I got a Game Boy Color. What uh, is that? So Nintendo 
you know, for like the the late '80s and the early '90s, Nintendo was and 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 all the other major consoles were things that you plugged into your TV with controllers and you played them on your TV. And Nintendo came out with the Game Boy in what was that, Sean? I think it was '89 actually. Okay, in '89 they came out with the Game Boy, which was this portable device that you could carry around and play smaller games on you know less involved but you could play them anywhere and nintendo iterated on that handheld console for years and uh, that was my first gaming system and i got that around when pokemon came out which was the big phenomenon in my childhood so i had that and i had a i got a nintendo 64 um when they were at kind of at the end of their of that life cycle and then i got a gamecube which was the system nintendo put out after the nintendo 64 and then i didn't have a uh, a system again for like a decade mm-hmm. until about this time last year when i got a nintendo switch and then i got a lot of games for that and then i got a playstation 4 and i got a lot of games for that and now i'm at a point where like i'm playing too many games <laughs> I went from not playing any games at all for a very long time to now I'm playing all the games all the time. Do you think that has to do with like the same part of your brain that is addictive, like gambling part of the brain? That might be part. I mean, it's funny to me because like I work in games and so I have... Spoiler alert, we're finally getting (laughs) to that part. But I have friends and like cohort friends that I've worked with that are, you know, and we talk games and I have that, but... I have like a core group of friends because I'm from LA and I still live out here. They have a core group of friends Sean, that I kind of grew up with. Don't tell them where we are. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. We are in Siberia. <laughs> no, but I have this core group of friends that don't really play games. And so to me, I always sort of assumed that people that weren't in the games industry not didn't play games, but I, I'm always, not always anymore, but I've been very surprised at people like even Steven today asked me about a game and it's always like oh yeah like that's not just a core gamery thing that people know i'm i'm always surprised at how and maybe it's an intersection of like i feel like comedy people and video game people actually intersect quite a bit and i don't don't realize that but also i just think people in general i'm always surprised at how many just normal people play video games that don't pursue it as a career or don't whereas i've for some reason i've always segregated that of like oh there's people who are in the games industry and then there are people who only know i guess if you used film as an example that there's i always assumed that like oh the general masses just see blockbusters Mm -hmm. and then it's weird when you bump into somebody who's like yeah i like these indie films and you're like oh yeah games are actually really a big deal and tons of people play them and that's why i'm able to pay my rent but well here's the thing with games you got to think about who plays games a lot, and they're sad. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. They're looking for an escape from the drudgery of their lives. Yeah. Or not, right? Or could it be just a person who got sucked into like the game and they just can't stop playing? I think it is sad people. And what community are you going to find a lot of sad people in? The comedy, comedy community. community. Yeah, maybe that's it. So, dear listener, if you're out there finding yourself playing a lot of video games... First, ask yourself, am I sad? And then ask yourself, should I join an improv team? Yeah. yeah. And the answer to question one could be yes or no. The answer to question two is always no. Don't do it. No, there's nothing to be gained. 
How did you get your first job in video game? So I had, ta- I had done this minor um, and I ended up getting my first uh, job through somebody that I met in a poetry class. So I was, as part of creative writing, you took poetry and fiction Just classes. time out. Were you good at poetry? I never heard about so, your poetry. Yeah, you have never talked about <laughs> writing poems yeah. ever. I... I wouldn't say I was good. I wouldn't say that you'd want to publish anything, but I got I carved out a little niche for myself where I think I I think like I I wasn't trying to be like I knew that I wasn't good, so were, I was able to just kind of do my this thing. class sarcastically. No, I was not I was not shitting all over it, but I also wasn't as serious as everybody okay. because I knew like I'm not a poet. I Were you writing poems comedic poetry yeah okay then you were sarcastically taking no but no i was class. writing comedic poetry, but i was doing it earnestly no look sean i took a songwriting <laughs> class at usc and i wrote comedic songs for the listener i used air quotes as i said that because there's no way they were actually entertaining and uh you know you're not really taking the class seriously i was i i will say so my one of my professors um who uh, became the poet laureate of California, which is a real thing. You're saying it like you should get a credit for that. (laughs) You're saying it like we should be impressed that your teacher did this. No. Well, she... she... You know, I know the poet laureate. (laughs) But she she liked me so much. I don't know if she loved my poetry, but she liked me personally as not shitting all over her class enough that her husband was an actor and I had written a poem about the TV show, that seventies show. And she said, Oh, my husband knows the guy who plays the dad on that 70s show and gave me his phone number to get tickets to a taping the show. And I was too afraid to call him because I didn't know what I'd say to him. Her husband's phone number. or She gave you Kurt Wood Smith's phone. Kurt Wood Smith. Her husband had passed away uh, before any of this, like years before, but used to act with Kurt Wood Smith. And she gave me his, yeah, she gave me his phone number and she's like, just give him a call. Say, you know me, we go back years, but you want to know. So it all comes back around. I'm too afraid to call the guy because I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Except like, I love your TV show. And then I'm watching back in the day, there used to be this channel G4, which was a channel of like video game. Ninja Warrior was on it. Yeah. Ninja Warrior was on it. But I'm watching it, and they're at a premiere for a video game, and Kurtwood Smith is at the thing, and it's like, oh, I go to these things all the time to get free video games. I love games. And I was, was like, we could have talked about Kurt that. That was your Kurtwood Smith impression? No, I guess it would be like, we go to these things to get video games. I can't. I go to these. No. But anyways, I met a, I met a guy in a, in a poetry class, and he was working at Disney, um, and he was doing this internship for creative development, and... We started talking, and me and a friend of mine, he was like, hey, you guys like video games? You like writing? We're looking for writers for this internship. And uh, I kind of came in through that because it was after I graduated. So basically, I graduated in May, and then in July, I started at Disney as an intern. And it was not, it was probably the best job I've had in the games industry was the six months I was an intern because all we did was come up with concepts um we would come up they would come to us and they'd go like hey we want to make a a game we want to make a mario kart style game using the characters from this property like what do you guys do 
And it was um, some designers and writers and um, some artists. And we just pitch concepts to try and get these games greenlit. And so we'd go, okay, well, this is the game we do. This is kind of how it would work. Here's a quick like animatic that somebody sketched up. And then I don't know. I ended up um, working with that group for about a year and a half afterwards. And so I don't know if when I was an intern, I don't think any of my games got greenlit. But afterwards, a couple of games that that we worked on got greenlit and turned into games. And it was just like the purest, most creative without anybody worrying about like marketing or, you know, sales. It was just like, hey, be as creative as possible. Make the best thing for this. And so it was just really fun. Just to jump forward, <clears throat> what would you say is like your opus magnum, I guess, <laughs> of, of video games? Yeah. What's the biggest that I've worked on? That it, what, that... what is the most... Uh pure representation of your soul jesus that you've made i mean i hope i haven't made it yet um it's not zero sum so the yeah, game that I, mean, I appear in so yeah i'd say probably let's plug that sean the close i made a game for um i've been working the last like i don't know like seven or eight years i've been working in I, ios games or mobile games and so i made a game on my own which is selling it, which is selling everybody else's work very short. Um, I, including mine. Yeah, I designed it and programmed it, um, but I relied on some incredibly talented, uh, an, an artist to do the art, a, a, a composer to do the music, and then some actors. It's got real, it's got real actors in front of a green screen. And Stephen Cohen is one of those actors. He plays a doctor. Yeah, our very Stephen Cohen. Our very Stephen Cohen. Uh, I am always very Stephen Cohen. And people have uh, commented on how great the performances are. So. Oh, but not mine specific. Like you pointed at me, like you were gonna say. People have commented on your performance. People like Steven Spielberg. No, I want to to be clear. Like you're probably what you're like halfway in the game. You come up. I don't know if anybody. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I certainly haven't. Yeah, exactly. I haven't so. seen myself in this game. <laughs> I have a. I have a question. What makes a, a video game, in your opinion, like successful or not? Well, so that's something I. I mean, I feel like it's like any piece of art. I guess of like, I would say that zero sum was successful uh, to me personally because I I was proud of what it what it was i didn't really do you want to it's a math game so yeah it's a it's a basically it's a puzzle game using math where the idea of the game is that you're trying to you tap in between any two numbers and you're trying to make an equation equal zero um so for example if there's a line of ones on the board one 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 if you put a minus sign in the middle it makes it 11 minus 11 which equals zero it's and kind of hard to talk. You weren't good at math in college, but yet I'm not good at math. So this, I'm not good at math at all. Um, this is only addition and subtraction because I couldn't wrap my head around how order of operations works to put anything <laughs> else in. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but it's a it's a, a little puzzle game. It takes like I don't know, probably two hours to complete. Um, and then I'm giving 50% of all the money that I make off the game, which is, it's very little. Um, I'm giving to, uh, well, it's split between the American Cancer Society and the COPD Foundation because one of the members of the team, not Steven, but not that this is a derogatory thing, has also, I feel, COPD. You, so. I feel uncomfortable with you calling me a member of the team. Well, you, 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 without you, there would be no doctor in the game. And without a doctor, so it's a, it's kind of a it's a 
a math game and it's the story of the game is it's a parody of like 80s action movies where you're you've worked with your professor to discover the cure for cancer and on the night that you discover it your professor is killed by terrorists and so now you must resolve her equations because there is a mathematical equation that was the cure for cancer as she died she wiped all the plus and minuses signs off of the equation now you must fill them back in before the terrorists do in order to uh deliver a free cure for cancer so like die hard but like takes, yeah. it takes place yeah. in the science lab so yeah. it's like a super niche game for a super niche audience and so i'd say it's successful in that hey it's a fun good game that i was able to make was it financially successful no but i've also worked on financially successful games that i think are shit um, and I've worked on Name in between. <laughs> I will say this. I, I worked on a game, which I don't think is bad. Um, I think it's actually pretty good. Um, this game, Think Fast. It's a game. It was for the Nintendo Wii. It's a Disney trivia game. And Nintendo on the Wii did a thing where they put, they would track how long you're playing the game. So they would track the time you've put into a game. And somehow somebody figured out a way to like pull down the alt, like the average stats for everybody. And it was the top five in the top five of least played games. So games that people had purchased, but not played. And I, and they published it. They goes, these are the top five least played games, the Nintendo Wii. And I sent my mom the link and said, (laughs) look, mom, I made it thinking that she'd I was being sarcastic. She would open the thing and read it, and she wrote back, I am so proud of you. Uh, and I was like, you didn't read this, or you're delusional, but either way. Hey, at least they were buying it. Yeah, right? So, I mean, I've worked on some games that you've never heard of that don't exist anymore, and I've worked on, like, three games that maybe anyone's ever heard of in their entire life. But your so. game, Zero Sum. Zero, Zero Sum. Sum, if I remember right, there yeah. there was a Russian article that praised oh, that yeah. game mm-hmm. that I uh, did translate yeah. for you because they loved it. <laughs> Uh, they meaning my people your people yeah i got two i think i got two reviews i just had two people reach out to me with like dot ru email addresses asking for because what you do when you make a game on the phone at least um you get a ton of people just reaching out going like hey can i get a free copy of the game i'll write a review and I guess you're supposed to be like selective but i was like yeah i don't like have at it um and so i mean i could have gotten it for free yeah, you should have. I thought I How sent you. How much is it? No, I paid it's for it. It's $1.99. But hey, so. I wanted to support you. Thanks. Well, you already did by being in it. I paid you to be in it, too. Yeah, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm paying it for it. You are part, Stephen, you are part of the money that Sean is still waiting to, to get recoup. Back, to recoup. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long wait. I'm waiting on my <laughs> residuals, too. So. so, how long you been working? at the job that you I know we're not going to get too deep into that. <laughs> um so I've been at my current job for probably I think it's going on 2 years. So I I was at Disney for about 4 years and then I I left and I was on the publishing side so we didn't actually make games. We did all of the pre-production stuff and then we handed it off to a developer who actually coded and built the game and so we would kind of oversee things. Um, and so about the time I was thinking, hey, I want to go work at a developer and Disney had none in LA and I didn't want to move. I was like, I think the app store was coming up and there were iPhone games and they were just funny and weird and goofy. And I was like, I kind of want to work on those. And so I left and I worked at two startups um, and then ended up coming back to Disney for a couple of years um, working at 
on mobile games for Disney. And so I did that for about four more years. And then I've worked at a couple other studios and now I'm uh, at the studio I'm at now working on a game that I actually can't uh, talk about. (laughs) I know. That's the one thing. There's a... There's a false sense of importance when you work at a video game company because you can never talk about what you're working on, and it makes it sound way more important than you're making a silly little I video game. I think that's just entertainment yeah, uh, I guess it industry is. Yeah. in general. But um, do you play video games on your own? Like now that you have yeah. a child uh, who is, what, almost three <laughs> almost years three. old? Almost yeah. three, yeah. He does not play video games. Almost as old as our improv team. First of all, Levi, your son. Levi, yeah. so he Whoa, doesn't... we I know. should have asked him first if he wanted his child's <laughs> name out there. We can bleep that out. No, I'll say that he, I, I don't care if he plays video games. You don't care much about what he does, period. Mm -mm. No, I think when it comes to, I know I'm very (laughs) much trying to let him have his own interests as much as I can. I mean, I fucking do everything for like, but he, I have friends who are very much like, oh, I can't wait. Like his first game is going to be this. Levi's yeah. first game Levi's first is going to be yeah. Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> but so I've tried twice. Like once I was playing a game and what he, game? I was playing Mario Rabbids. Mario, I forget what it's Mario actually called. Mario plus Rabbids. Mario plus Rabbids. Battle? Battle. Is that the flat or the name. 3D version? This is a 3D. 3D version. It's not a traditional Mario game Doesn't where you're jumping on mushrooms or jumping on what is a goomba a goomba i think it's a, a made-up thing it's not like a turtle it's not a mushroom no because hmm. koopas are turtles koopas are turtles so the anyway, reason this is an important okay. this game is a more of a strategy game where you move your characters around and you're shooting other characters all right yeah but i was playing it when he so we do have a not a rule but we don't he doesn't watch a lot of tv especially when he was before two my wife is a teacher and had read some research that's probably bullshit that it will gives not kids mention her ADD. name either yeah don't mention her <laughs> name but she is um, the main character in zero so. oh yeah she is actually yeah so if i didn't you do want to find out what's the name of sean's wife i guess you, you have to play the entirety of yeah. zero sum to get to the credits yeah um, but no, so, so I, we used to watch a lot of TV and I played games whenever, and now I usually play them when he goes to bed or if he's taking a nap. So he was taking a nap once and I was playing Mario Rabbids and he woke up and he came and sat down next to me and I gave him the controller and was like, Hey, that's Mario. And he looked at me and he looked at the TV, he pressed like three buttons and I don't think he exactly understands how a video game works. Like oh, he doesn't I don't get either. like, well, I'm no, I mean, he gets it. it like, he doesn't even understand like, Oh, like I'll be like, press this button. Look, he jumped. And to him, a TV is such a passive thing that he didn't know that he was doing anything. So he just, he wanted something on the controller to move because mm-hmm. he's used to like mechanical things. So he just ran away. He just like looked at me, laughed and then left, mm-hmm. left home, left home, moved out. No. And so then I tried again. There was a, on the, they both were on the new Nintendo switch um, they have old Nintendo NES games. And so I was playing Mario 3, and my wife loves that game. So she was playing it, and I said, hey, Levi, check it out. And I gave him the controller again and tried to explain to him. Like, I was like, here, if you you press the button to jump, and then I'll move. And he did it for a minute, and then he kind of just gave up and wanted to play with Laughed garbage trucks. and ran away. Yeah. Excuse so he me. just doesn't care, and I don't, like... I don't know. He doesn't need to be in the same shit I'm into. Like, how boring would that be? 
What are you playing now? Well, Stephen, I am playing this game on the Switch called A Case of Distrust, I think it's called. It's this like indie noir game. I think you might actually like it. I think both of you guys would actually like it. Um, it's very stylized. It looks like Saul Bass posters, all the art in it. And basically, it's kind of a text game. You go around and you're trying to solve crimes. And when you talk to people or observe things by clicking on them in the environment of these rooms, they go to a little notebook. And then when you go to talk to someone else, you can pull out elements of that notebook and ask them questions about things or find contradictions in what they're saying. Um, it's really charming. It's made by, I think, one dude. Um, in uh, and it takes place in San Francisco in the 40s, I guess. But it's pretty charming. And then on the PlayStation, I'm like perpetually playing Spider-Man, mm. which I really like. Have it's you really fun? You haven't beaten it? No. Interesting. And I I go back and forth with Red Dead. I it's so big. I want to like it, but I you really you know, did not care for it when it came out i remember i didn't it's very i mean it's super impressive that that thing exists like it's it it's like a full simulation of you know an entire world they put a lot of time and effort more time and money. more developer and time money. than they yeah. should have uh that was a big uh well, that's a, yeah that's a big thing across the industry mm, you can't speak much about that no, i could talk about that i'm listen as long as I'm not calling out Bob Iger himself. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I. It's, it's definitely an issue, crunching, which is what happens when you work a shitload of overtime on a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Possibly in some companies, un, unpaid. Well, there's two parts to it. One is, like, I'm full-time, so I don't get overtime. Like, that's just built into my contract. I am an, a full-time employee. Um, fortunately I work at the studio that I work at right now, um, is very big into work-life balance and we are also way early in what we're working on. So we leave at six. So you have a normal, I have a normal life, but I definitely know people, especially in the console side on mobile. It's a little bit less just cause the life or the production cycle of a game is so short, but I, I mean, we crunched on, one of the games I worked on when I was at Disney, I remember we we had to get a game out to coincide with um, Christmas, and we you know put in some hours. And I remember my wife um, actually, sorry, it was at, to the summer. We were working nonstop through so that the game was done by the summer to come out like in the fall. And I remember we went to Palm Springs, like it was like the day that we stopped, and I was. We were, I was at work until like four in the morning in this last day that we'd been working pretty much six or seven days a week, probably, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. And, but we only did it for, you know, a month. And I remember on the day that we like were done, like having dinner with my wife and she was like, this is awesome. I'm so happy that you're happy. This thing's done. And I enjoyed the game and I enjoyed working on it. And I was working with a group of people I really liked. She was like, you get one of these. And she's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Like we're not, and and we had it easy. I mean, on some something like Red Dead on these big games, not I can't speak to Red Dead firsthand, but on a lot of these big games, I mean, these people will do this for months and months and months, even a year. Like 80-hour weeks. 
coming so, in on the so weekend. Yeah, because it's I, a very yeah. limited number of people. Why can't you get more people? Because it takes more than just people. Um, you Rendering. can't. You know what I mean? It's you can't. You can't do something that because it's not just like oh well with two hundred people you can do twice the amount of work that you can with one hundred people. At a certain point, there's just bottlenecks built into things. Um, is it equipment yeah. dependent? No, it's just like part of it. A lot of the time, right? Is a, a big game like that has a release date years in advance, and so they don't want to push the release date. So as the release date gets closer and the game is not done, that means you know they want everybody to put in all that extra time to get it done. But what I what I will say is. And that's where I think the unions come in is that, um, you know, I haven't worked on a ton of productions, but I've definitely been on a thing where somebody has been like, hey, we're coming up at 12 hours. We're wrapping like that's set. There's nothing. And the reason they do that is because, well, the actors are in SAG and the crew is in uh, their union and everyone's in a union. And so with games, the combination of they're not, nobody's getting paid time and a half. I mean, we would get, you know, and this is the common thing is you get, you know, a week or two off after you wrap your game. But if you do this for a, an extended period of time, um, the costs are great to people's families and there. And it's a big part of the reason that I've stuck in mobile games. After I kind of moved out, I only really worked in console games, meaning non-phone games. I only worked in that in Disney publishing and like I've had friends who have just told me horror stories like there's some really never cool see your family type of thing. yeah and I was just like I don't it's not worth it to me so I've just like avoided certain studios and certain places where I'm like I can't you know I'm not I'm, I'm not this like young college kid who is just sitting around playing games anyways now I've got a family like I can't Spend six months, and you have the that. comedy team right. that you direct. Yeah, video. absolutely, and I you can't have miss responsibilities. shows. Yeah, I do remember. I, I will say, I did miss a, a UCB grad show because I was what uh, level? crunching on a game. I two oh one maybe. Wow, that's mm-hmm. the yeah. that's the hard mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. It was tough. That's the hardest yeah. one. No, but I do. I remember being genuinely pissed off because we were working on something, and I tried to like cut out to go to it because we were working on a Saturday or Sunday whenever the show was. And I like missed the show because I like had a meeting right before. I was like, well, I'm going to try and leave. And I remember and I was more pissed that I'd driven all the way out to fucking Hollywood only to not be able to do. And I had to go back to work. I was like, this is so stupid. Why are we working? Mm -hmm. It's Sunday. So the production of Red Dead Redemption 2 had a big controversy with stories of crunch coming out. And there's always a couple big stories of that, like every year, pretty much. And so it's hard to think about Red Dead Redemption 2 without considering that. But, you know, overall, it's a well, very well-made game with uh, some a couple good characters. But like any, pretty much any game that is going to take place in that environment, you know, when you probably have mostly white uh, executives in charge, they're not really um, the best people to tell some of those stories. You know, there's a, there's a, character in the game who's a mixed race he's black and he is uh indigenous you know native and the like the the voice actor i think is is, is like uh not either of those mm-hmm. he's hispanic i think he's latino and there's it's emma stone actually <laughs> mm-hmm. there Jeez. are indigenous characters in the game and when your main character meets them 
they're talking about their struggle and he's like yeah i get that i'm an outlaw so i know what it's like not to be mm. welcomed in your place of mm. home it's just like do you yeah, I don't. I don't know if I actually got far enough. No, I don't think you for did. Any... <laughs> I know I haven't for sure. Because I, I mean, it's also. Um, I for me, it's also just a time thing. Of for sure, I've only got so much time in on this planet. I will say with zero sum, I I put up on Steam Greenlight, which so Steam is like the app store for the PC basically. So like on your phone, you got the app store and it's where people go to download games on the app store. It's cause it's the only place you can go on the computer. Steam kind of has a monopoly, which is breaking away slowly on downloading PC games. PC players are a little bit different. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit different than mobile gamers. And I put a game that probably should be on a mobile device. Cause it's more casual. It's more whatever. And so I got some, pretty fucked up comments and one of the comments somebody wrote was somebody had written above it somebody had written a comment i put up this thing sorry on the steam Greenlight thing for people to vote on if it could even be on the store and so i put the game up and i put a trailer and a little description and then people could comment and vote and one guy said something along the lines and was pretty fair about it where he's like you know how much is this game gonna cost because it seems like a short game i don't know if i'd pay a ton of money for it so i responded yeah, it's not going to be more than a couple bucks. It's just this, you know, it's a silly little passion project, blah, blah, blah. And somebody else wrote, you know, it's not just about the money. With our finite time on this universe, you have to justify how I, why I would give it to you. And I responded, I responded to everybody um, because it was easy because not that many people commented. And I was just like, <laughs> I'll kill him with kindness. And I, that was the only guy that I was like, I mean, if, if that's the problem you're having, like, I don't know if I can help you. <laughs> Anyone who yeah. writes comments on the internet has plenty of time. Yeah. You know, no one who is like... But these people, I mean, it was pretty brutal. Some of the shit people said was pretty, like, it was just mean. Like, I didn't know exactly what to say. Like, the ways that they would talk about what a pile of shit it is. real fast on the internet. We don't, yeah, we don't have time to get... I don't have but enough I time won on them this over. universe. The one thing I'll say is I won a, lo- I won a couple people over that they would actually write back With like, hey, man, good luck. Where I would just say, like, hey, I get what you're saying, but I'm really passionate about this thing. And that's all it took, I think, for them to, like, go, oh, this is a real human being. And in almost every case, the second I kind of just went, like, hey, I'm just some fucking guy, they were like, oh, you're a human. And it kind of reminded me of I'm like that when I drive, where, like, I think everybody's a pile of shit. And I'm just like, fuck you who's driving, you know— Fuck you who cut me off. Fuck you because you drive a nice car. Fuck. And then the second I like make eye contact with someone in a window, like through a window, and they just kind of like give me like the sorry hand. I'm like, oh, you're a human being. I'm, an, I'm the I asshole. I love this, so, but I would also say do not make eye contact with aggressive drivers because that can get worse. Yeah. I've just, had that just, too. Just a lesson. Where it has well, do not follow Sean's every yeah. single advice. <laughs> well, it sounds like Sean is the aggressive driver. I am. That's true. <laughs> I'm, I, but I'm, I'm a lot better with it. Uh, because right. once a guy got out of his car and banged on my window. Wow. For me, traffic is a meditative experience. You know, I just get in the zone. I fall asleep and yeah. <laughs> uh, I just go where it takes me. Yeah, because uh, you got one of those uh, self-driving cars, huh? That's right. Yeah. Steven does have a lot of money. Son of a bitch. I have too much, more than I can spend. 
Great. Well, uh, I think we're going to start wrapping up. Uh, is there anything you would advise a young person? Thinking to themselves right now, well, sure, this was entertaining, but what do video games mean? I was going to say, how do I get a job in the <laughs> yeah, video game industry? I, don't, I mean, it's a, I think it's a... Uh, it's it's a big piece of pop culture and i think it's it's ra- i feel like it's maturing maybe faster than other forms of media and i don't exactly know why like in their time like in its time like i feel like it's it's made some leaps and bounds that it took maybe film longer to get to because video games have only been around really since the 80s in the form they're in now so there's it's only almost, been 30 years it's almost 40 years yeah, and I guess if you look at like where film was from like the first silent film 40 years in, may I mean maybe not, but I think I think you are um underrating film maybe history. I, yeah. But even like I look at like television has really become this like arti- people take it seriously yeah. as an artistic medium, but it's a I I mean I guess maybe there's something there. I don't know. I think about when I was a kid, I would stay home during like summer breaks and stuff and i don't have any brothers or sisters and i would play a lot of games which was cool and like definitely passed the time and was fun but i think now with just online gaming and a massively multiplayer role-playing games like how crazy like i feel like i would have had a much more social experience with games had i been you know 10 again and just like in my bedroom when my friends were at camp or, you know, whatever. So I think there's some cool, there's definitely some benefits to it. And But on the other side you know. of it, it has emboldened some of the worst parts of our culture as well. You know, like gaming and the internet, both together have kind of given a voice to the toxic uh, corner of gamers sure. who, uh, who you end know, up, uh... hate SJWs and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, you know, like a lot of things, people tend to have some weird opinion that they think that they own this thing. And if it's not what they think it is, which is usually a male specific fantasy, Here's they're specifically like, you know, towards straight white men. Yeah, I it's that that stuff is bullshit. And I feel like it's a very, very vocal minority. When you look at real stats, over 50% of people who play games are women. If you include mobile games and PC games, there's, you know, so I think it is, uh, it's definitely something that's just kind of like been proliferated with the internet where people have very loud voices sometimes. If suddenly video games didn't exist, there'd be a shitload of people trying to get the same, like other, whatever other jobs would be available what for if, me. What if it was in a way that they never had existed? What do you think you'd be doing right now? I don't know. I know what I'd want. Like, I feel like... No, 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 Sean. I want you what, to... What I would be doing? I want you to search your soul and Ugh. give me a real answer to this question. If video if games had exist. never existed, what would you honestly be doing right now? Uh, whatever. And don't don't try and sugarcoat it. Don't try and make yourself look good. I want an honest, real answer. I'd probably be writing joke poems. Oh.